This is Cyber Defense Radio with your host and cybersecurity expert, Gary Malefsky. Gary brings to you another globally recognized cybersecurity executive in the hot seat today. Sitting in my hot seat today is a very special guest. It's Steve Burton. He's the chief marketing officer of Bionic. Bionic Bionic.ai is the website. This is an innovative, award-winning application security posture management platform. So you can have visibility into the risks in your applications in the cloud. Stephen, welcome to the hot seat. Thanks, Gary. Looking forward to our chat. So first off, what's the difference between this? We know apps are vulnerable, but also there's a lot of talk about API security. Does API security do half of it and app security does the other half? Where, where do you fit and are you complementary to the API security vendors? Yeah, it's a good question. So I think APIs is kind of one component of an application. Um, some some people refer to the endpoints or the, the kind of upstream and downstream. I think for us, application is really any dependency that the code references. So whether it's a database, a message queue, any service it interacts with, third-party services, as well as obviously APIs like you mentioned. Really, people are easily exploited, and we've got our anti-phishing and our training for that. But tell us more about app exploitation. Yeah, I think it, it's becoming the, the new attack vector. Um, certainly in the last few years, as companies move to the cloud, um, and certainly engineering teams are doing continuous delivery, the number of changes that now happen in an application running in production can be 10, sometimes hundreds of changes a day. And so the code is constantly changing. And as the code changes, so does the architecture of an application and, and so the attack vectors. And so that's one thing. Number two is when I was a developer, um, understanding what PII is and PCI and sensitive data, to me, it was objects in a database. I, I kind of made the, the reference to it in my SQL queries and I thought nothing of it. And I think today, if you ask developers, hey, which of your components and microservices interact with sensitive data, there's kind of like a puzzled look and that there might be some documentation. And so obviously in the cloud where most of the business processes are now kind of microservices or software, that interaction between applications and data is, is where we're at today. And your company has a little hint in there, .ai in the web domain, not .com. Can you yeah. tell us about AI and machine learning and helping resolve this? Because it sounds, as you say, that there are so many changes to apps so often that we really need yeah. some intelligence uh, using machine learning and AI. Yes, I mean, I'll, I'll be kind of get to it straight to the point. We use AI because it was the fashionable domain name at the time. And before that, it was I.O., um, I'd love to say we have unsupervised machine learning that can solve all your problems. I think for us, it starts a little bit before that, which is gaining visibility into what these applications look like. And for us, what we see in the market is customers are well understood about the infrastructure and the networks and the communication and the parts between them, but they lack the basic visibility of where is the business logic? What's it interacting with? What's the data flows? What's the sensitive data? and what third-party services. And so basic visibility is, is a huge challenge. So security teams and engineering teams can see these attack vectors and they can see that the basic things. As an example, like you, you I mean, there was a, an article a few days ago on an unauthenticated API allowed bad actors to steal sensitive data, right? That's the more basic kind of exploit or should we say attack vector. And so visit, it starts with visibility. Once you have visibility, it then becomes about context. 
and understanding where the threats are and how it impacts the business, right? And so as a, as a security market, we've typically prioritized threats based on the threat severity, right? The score out of 10. And, and so what we want to try and understand and give professionals is what's the business impact of, of a threat? Is it exploitable? Does it touch business data? Does it interact with business services? And so it's less about the intelligence and automation. It's about giving understanding and visibility to the people who can look at this and be like, hey, this authentic, unauthenticated API is internet facing and it interacts with PII. We should probably fix that over the thousands of other vulnerabilities that have a CVS score of 9.7 that we don't really know where it is. Um, so yeah, I don't have a great answer for you on AI, but yeah, I think it starts a little bit more basic than that for us. Got it. Well, it's a really cool web URL and a great website for our visitors uh, and listeners to go to and learn more about Bionic. Also, um, I'm curious if you're tying in with OWASP or MITRE ATT&CK framework and do you have a dashboard and do you have plugins or connectors to third-party systems like, you know, Splunk or some Seam Sims, et cetera? Yeah, we do. So we have, we have integrations with a lot of the standard kind of threat databases. Um, we also have integrations with a lot of the DevSecOps tools. So um, Jira, Jenkins, a lot of the CICD pipelines. We've also just integrated with Wiz and some other CSPM vendors. So we can take the threat information you get from the compute and the, the network, and we can show you how that impacts applications that are running in the cloud. So if you get a 10 OS critical vulnerabilities, which business applications do those vulnerabilities link to? We're able to integrate with a lot of the tools you probably already have to contextualize and tell you how these threats impact applications. It's kind of interesting that computer science departments don't have secure coding 101. You know, cybersecurity training is over here in universities and secure coding doesn't exist, but computer science is over here. Is this yeah. why we end up with these apps the way we do? I'm the perfect testament to that. In 1996, I did a Java degree and I had zero security lectures. It was all about object-oriented design patterns, performance, reliability, but security was never, ever mentioned. Um, and I think we've got at least 20, 30 years of debt in terms of like security. Um, I spoke with a lot of people um, in the industry and SQL injection is still probably one of the most common exploits. And I was in a book called Hackers Exposed that I read back in like 98. And it shows you like even the most basic things still exist. Um, and I mean, engineers have got a lot coming. I think security is definitely going to shift um, more towards the engineers and, and making them more cognizant of security. But I think we're at the, the beginning of the beginning. I think there's a long road to go on that. It is a long road. And we're glad to have companies like Bionic to help us get there. Tell us about deployment. How easy is Bionic to deploy? Do you have a yeah. proof of value and kinds of the companies that really are, are deploying Bionic today? Yeah, the, the good news is we're 100% agentless. So if you've got cloud APIs that already exist, we just hook in. You give us IM permissions or standard APIs, um, and we can go and interrogate and find the applications that are running in your cloud networks on the compute infrastructure. So it's literally a five-minute installation where you, you give us the permissions, we go and scan your applications and we automatically build these dependency maps of what your applications look like. And then we show you the business risks and the threats that exist. And so within a few hours, 
you can pretty much map a lot of your business critical applications. Um, and it's, so it's like a light bulb moment for a lot of customers. And so POV, we typically engage with customers. It takes, as I mentioned, five to 10 minutes of effort. Um, and we do education. We, sh we show them the exploits. We show them what they don't really think exists in production. Um, they, they think production is, is obviously similar to what they've got in dev and QA. But there's a lot of interesting things we're able to uncover um, just by shining a light in, in areas that they might not be familiar. There's definitely a delta between what's out in the release world and in the cloud being used every day and these changes that are made. So it sounds like a continuous uh, application security posture management is required to really um, get one step ahead of the next threat and comply with regulations. Absolutely. Like I mentioned, if, if, if you're doing CICD and your engineering teams are deploying multiple times a day, your exploits can change by the hour. And so having a solution that's going to scan something once a month isn't really that useful in 2022. You need something that can pick up a change and quickly tell you, did we introduce business impact? Yes or no. And what's my top vulnerabilities or threats that I need to absolutely fix today? not put on a backlog and create 50 tickets and, and hope someone gets around to fixing it in the next 30 days. The developers should be so thankful for getting Bionic deployed in their organization because it shines a light on how they can be better programmers. It, it, it does. I think more than anything, it reduces toil. Like the last thing they want to see is 100 tickets in Jira that relate to security bugs they know nothing about and don't have the context think by telling them the one or two things they have to fix every week versus the list of 200 things that they might get around to. Um, developers want to focus on coding and they want to focus on innovating. And when I was a developer, I, I hated fixing other people's bugs. Like I wanted to work on new projects and new code. Um, and the less support and maintenance and toil is kind of what I, I, I wanted to do. Like I wanted to just focus on my job with writing code. So I think enjoyment and satisfaction um, can go a long way. Plus, it's like if you fix 5% of the things that are responsible for 95% of your posture, you'll probably have a stronger posture as a result of it than trying to micromanage hundreds or thousands of, of different tickets where you don't really know the impact. Absolutely. And, you know, post-COVID with so many cloud, everybody's moved to the cloud, 52 or 53% and growing or working from home and not planning to go back to the office. So we're really stretching VPNs and IM and other technologies, but it's also given the cyber criminals a front door to uh, steal data and records. So having Bionic around to get one step ahead of those guys is so important. Stephen, um, if I wanted to deploy Bionic, do I have to be a big bank or government agency or is it any any market vector? If you've got, if your business runs on software, you, you can deploy Bionic. So we have car manufacturers, some of the biggest brands in the world. We have banks. We have uh, my favorite fast food restaurant runs Bionic. Um, and so it doesn't really matter the industry. I think if you've got mission critical apps and they're in the cloud and you need to protect them, you, you can run Bionic. That's awesome. Stephen, is there anything else we haven't covered that you'd like to share with our viewers and listeners? Application security is, is kind of the next thing from cloud security. I think everyone's focused on migrating to the cloud and protecting the cloud and the infrastructure. Now the applications are there and they're evolving the natural thing is to look at the applications and what they're doing every day. I think as a security industry and, and, and even in engineering, understanding what the other teams do was often kind of in different languages and different worlds. 
Um, when I was an engineer, like I said, I didn't know anything about security. Um, I can hear about getting hacked and Windows patches and things like that, but it was another world. And so I think for, for, for cloud security teams and even traditional security to, to understand what an application looks like, all of the dependencies, and more importantly, how engineers are, are changing these architectures on the fly um, and, and accessing the data that we need to protect, it, it's going to help everyone. That's wonderful. Stephen Barton, you are the chief marketing officer of an awesome award-winning application security posture management company, Bionic, founded Bionic.ai. Folks, go to his website, sign up as soon as you can, get a proof of value, get rolling because apps are very vulnerable and you need to know how vulnerable because the hackers can get at them from anywhere in the world now. You've been listening to Cyber Defense Radio. Stay tuned next time for another amazing and informative episode. CyberDefenseRadio.com is proudly part of the Cyber Defense Media Group, where InfoSec knowledge is power. Cyber Defense TV and Cyber Defense Radio have launched 24 by 7 by 365 live streams. Visit them online today at CyberDefense.tv and CyberDefense.radio. With your host and globally recognized cybersecurity expert and my good friend, Gary Milewski.